Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. So if you've followed this journey of the Catapulting Commissions podcast thus far, thank you to my new subscribers and new followers, new listeners. Welcome. Do me a favor. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your preferred method, whether it's iTunes, Spotify. If you haven't started watching the YouTube videos, go be sure to watch the YouTube videos so you get to see the candid interaction between me and, and the guests that are on the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe. It helps grow and spread the message. And I truly uh, appreciate that. So, Let's recap where we're at in this podcasting journey. I started this show in January, actually late December of 2019. We are in uh, the end of May, early June, 2021. Uh, We are coming up on our 100th episode here pretty soon. We have made a transition from a weekly podcast to a uh, podcast that releases twice a week. So if you're following and listening, Typically, every Wednesday, we have an episode with me and a guest or me in a monologue where we're doing some training or teaching that goes anywhere between 30 to 40 minutes. Every Friday, we launch the Friday Focus episode. On the Friday Focus episode, that is typically a six to eight minute. There's a few, maybe a little bit longer, quick training topic with some actionable items that you can take with you in the upcoming sales week. Or if you're a sales warrior who works on the weekend, that'll be great to listen as well. The show is growing exponentially. Each month, the download account increases. Each month, the guests that are being referred to the show get bigger, get more influential. And when I say get bigger, I had to correct myself recently. Would I love somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk to come on the Catapulting Commission's podcast? Yes, of course I would. But when I say get bigger, I'm talking about bigger in their respective fields. Next week on the show, I will be having a Katie Conley, who is one of the most influential real estate agents on social media, top 100 in the state of California. Now, you may not know her if you're my, part of my family here that doesn't live in California in the Ventura County, Los Angeles County area. But I can tell you this. She's a monster at what she does. And I'm excited to have her on the show. So when I say bigger guest, That's exactly what I'm referring to. People who are monsters in their industry who are generating income from commissionable sales. So continue to follow because we're going to continue to bring value. Can't wait for that show to launch next week. In today's episode, you're going to get a treat. It will be me, myself, in a monologue episode. Now, if you've missed any of the previous episodes in 2021, I want to give you a highlight and just briefly mention some of the episodes you missed 
who you missed and why you want to go back and listen to them. If you didn't hear the episode uh, last week with Joseph Fung getting ahead of the curve, you definitely want to hear that. He talks about breaking into IT sales. It's an entire program that Joseph's team runs that I didn't even know existed until we got on the podcast. So if you are looking to make that transition to IT sales, you want to listen to that. Rory Vaden, New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs, talked about the power of personal branding. If you want referrals coming into you, you want to have a personal brand. Rory and his team are monsters at it. You want to get connected. There's a link on my website that you can get directly connected to Rory's team. The Hunter Becomes the Hunted with Rob Cosberg. Look, Rob runs a company called Best Seller Publishing, and he literally takes the power of a book as a salespreneur and teaches how to use it as a lead magnet. Uh, Rob, full fun fact, did publish Catapulting Commissions, which did become an international best-selling book in six countries, recently endorsed by Selling Power Magazine as the best sales, one of the best sales books in 2021. Marcus Chan, Mastering LinkedIn. If you haven't heard of Marcus Chan, the guy's a monster in sales. He is massively growing. He is one of the best people I've seen on LinkedIn, so much so that LinkedIn named him one of the top sales influencers to follow. To, to jump on top of that, salesforce.com also named him one of the most influential sales people to follow. So you definitely want to go check that episode out. Door-to-door -door sales. It is a industry we've all cut our teeth on at one point in time. Sam Taggart is completely changing the face of door-to-door -door sales. He is the founder and CEO of D2DCon. He comes and talks about that door-to-door uh, -door sales uh, component and how it applies to all of us. You don't want to miss the episode with Sam Taggart. If you're using stories in your sales pitch, you want to go listen to uh, Natalie Alcantara. Now, Natalie uses a framework of using a story to sell your product or service that is is relatable it's easy to listen to and i think everybody should be using stories so much so that if you've uh subscribed or been trained on the catapult commission sales process you know that i teach there is a value in a personal story um optimizing your sales process doug brown world-class uh sales consultant to some of the largest companies on the planet, talks about how to have a streamlined process to drive and generate sales. Instagram, we talked a little while ago on LinkedIn on Marcus Chan, but the Instagram Masterclass by Giselle Mascarenas, that is uh, an episode you don't want to miss 100% wholeheartedly. Um, I've been uh, in social media and branding and, and driving this brand for a long time. And that class uh, with Giselle on how to utilize Instagram to grow your business, mind-blowing. You don't want to miss that one. And then John Lee Dumas. I mean, we've who hasn't heard of John Lee Dumas? His new book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. John Lee Dumas is the award-winning host of the uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. I think it's some 1,000 episodes. He's done work with Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, uh, some of the biggest name in sales, training, marketing, and development. So all those people have been a guest on the Catapulting Commissions podcast this year. That doesn't even mention the guests you can go and find in the archives from 2020 such as Anton Gunn, former senior associate to President Barack Obama, Lauren Gibbs, Olympic gold or Olympic silver medalist, going back to Beijing next year. We're rooting for you, Lauren. Uh, so you have uh, Aaron Hazikostas. Oh, my goodness. I can't forget my good buddy, Aaron, former CEO who left, built her own brand, talks about sales in the corporate world and being authentically you. Her book, 
incredible read. I highly recommend you get that because if you are trying to advance in corporate America and struggling with your corporate identity as a sales leader, this is the book for you. You definitely want to jump in and get that. So that's, uh, you know, kind of a recap. And I can't mention every guest we've had because there's so many of them, but man, you do not want to miss these episodes. So go check the archives. You can check it on anthonypgarcia.com. Go to podcast new. You will see all the new episodes, the YouTube channels, the audio, et cetera. So let's talk about what we're here to talk about today. I have had the liberty and success, or I say liberty and opportunity of being a sales manager, uh, sales boss, an owner, director, whatever the title has been in various different industries. Uh, I've been able to uh, have my own company where I've managed sales employees. I've worked for various different companies where I've managed sales employees, and I've been a sales rep for various different companies. All right? I, I'm going uh, in this world of sales and as as we move to 2021, I'm getting closer to 20 years doing this uh, than I am 18 when I first started. So uh, when I first introduced myself to the market, I think it was 17 years or 18 years in sales. And now we're just going to round it up to two decades of sales experience. Uh, one of the common questions that gets asked in the DMs or reached out to me is that transition from individual contributor to team leader. When you make that transition from a salesperson to sales manager, uh, it's a new job. And many top sales prof uh, professionals struggle with this concept of, I'm going to have a new job now. Um, there's new guidelines, new social norms, new responsibilities, uh, new tasks. So I want to highlight five challenges that I've experienced over my time when I become a sales manager. So these are the five challenges that I've experienced from uh, transitioning to sales rep to sales manager. Uh, these are the five challenges that I believe are most common to sales managers. And I would say even more common to a newer sales manager. Uh, if you've been a sales manager for a while or you've tenured, uh, you've probably experienced all this. So this would be a good refresher. If you have a different perspective or insight, feel free to reach out to me in the comments below. I love hearing the dialogue of what's happening. Um, so let's talk about the first challenge that sales managers uh, have in their job. It's the one we just stated. Transitioning from individual contributor to a sales manager. Now, many sales professionals have these dreams and admirations that I want to move into a role of sales management. I want to move into a role of sales leadership. Now, look, those are great goals and great uh, ambitions. And I think everybody should at one point in time manage a sales team. Now, let me be clear here. Just because you are a good sales rep doesn't mean you're going to be a good sales manager. Just because you're the best sales rep doesn't mean you'll be the best sales manager. When you transition from sales rep, individual contributor to sales manager, team leader, the phrase comes to mind, off self and on purpose. It's no longer about you. And when you make that transition, nobody's going to care about the level of success you had as a sales rep when you become a sales manager. It is forgotten the day your promotion starts because nobody's going to remember the accolades, the top 10 finishes, the top five finishes, uh, the new contracts, the millions of dollars in revenues you generated. That's all forgotten. You have just signed up for a new job, 
and new responsibility and you are the lowest person on the totem pole. So when you make that transition from sales rep to sales manager, the reason sales managers struggle is their identity is typically tied into their results which were salespeople, right? That is normal. That's common. We get praise for accolades. I, I still am fascinated that if I send an email out and I stack rank my employees and I say, you finished number one, you finished number 10, you finished number 100 and collecting emails in Q2, it motivates people. Why? Because we're competitive. So if you make that transition from sales rep to sales manager, you go from the top of the leaderboard typically to the bottom of the leaderboard and it's a new world. So Here's my fix for that. When you move from individual contributor to sales manager, there's two things you got to remember. Number one, you can't be super rep. You cannot make every sale for everybody on your team. You cannot be at every sales call, every sales appointment. You will run yourself ragged. You will have a burst of energy in the beginning and you will fizzle out really fast. Being a sales manager is a long ball game and you can't be everywhere at once. The second thing that I would tell you about making that transition to fix the, the, the learning curve from individual contributor to team leader or to sales manager is empower your people. They can do the job they're hired for. You don't have to do it. They may not do it as well as you. They may not be as good as you but they still can do it. Your job is to coach and teach not to do. And there's this old school training philosophy. Uh, I'll do once you watch me, I'll watch you do once and then I'll, I'll teach you. And that's great in a field trainer capacity. So if you're a, a sales field trainer, hundred percent, that philosophy is still relevant. But as a sales manager, you're there to observe, advise, give feedback, give critical thinking, be the voice of reason, be the voice of adversity. Always find ways to challenge your people. So remember, the two things you can do to, to alleviate that concern. Number one, you can't be super rep. Can't be everywhere at once. Number two, empower your people to make decisions. Advise them. Don't do it for them. All right? So that transition from sales rep to sales manager, it's tough. It's something we all experience. Uh, if you're a tenured manager, I doubt you're still dealing with it now. But as a new manager, holy crap, dude, this thing slapped me right in the face. The second challenge that sales managers experience when they become new to their role, time management. I hate saying it because you should be good at this by now, but it's the truth. As a sales rep, you have gotten really comfortable with your schedule. You know where to be. You know what day to make your calls. You know what day to get in front of your prospects. You know uh, your cold calling schedule, your lunch schedule, whatever it is. You know it. You move into sales management. And now you're in a position that you have to not only manage your time, you're managing the time of your people because there's somebody on your sales team right now that's not doing a good job at managing their time. And a, a mentor of mine, a good friend of mine, when I became a sales manager a couple years ago, in a, a new sales manager in a new industry, came to me and said, are you managing your schedule or is your schedule managing you? And at first, I was kind of taken back. I was offended. I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude? I'm, I'm a whiz at this. And then I thought about it. I was like, holy crap. He's absolutely right. My schedule was managing me, which is why as a new sales manager, you find yourself in a position that you're always on calls, sales calls, Zoom calls, uh, WebEx calls, driving to meet people, driving uh, to recruit new hires, driving to meet with customers. I mean, you're going everywhere. And then on top of all of this, 
the one little sneaky trick no one tells you when you move from individual contributor to sales manager is the administrative work quadruples significantly just pick a number it's bigger you become in an administrative role as a sales manager so now your time management is is divided between i have administrative work to do i have to recruit and retain and develop my team i have to help close deals I might have some performance improvement plans. Uh, somewhere in there, I need some time for my own personal sanity and development. And if you're married or have a family, you have to have some time for that as well. So time management is a struggle that is real for sales managers. If you're a sales manager right now and you're struggling with this time management capacity, here's my feedback on that. First, acknowledge you can't do everything in one day. It's impossible. And anyone who tells you so is lying. It's impossible to do everything in one day. However, what you can do is take your task and identify what's the most important, most urgent thing you need to accomplish. And that's what you do. And you break your day and your week into small, achievable tasks, bite-sized tasks. I know this week I need to accomplish 10 phone screening interviews. I'm gonna have those scheduled out. I know this week I need to accomplish three one-on-ones with my top sales reps on my team. Those are scheduled out. So you start adding small things to your schedule and then you realize, okay, if I've scheduled all the things that are of high priority, of high urgency, everything else will fall in as needed. Another thing in time management, don't take the responsibility of minimum wage tasks. And now let me be clear on this. I don't want to be offensive to anybody that has a minimum wage role. What I will say is this. When you move into a position of leadership, sales management, leadership in general, you're typically above that threshold of minimum wage. You have some additional responsibilities, but usually comes with additional income. Don't take this role and then take on minute tasks. For example, true time management hack that I've, that I've implemented if I know I'm busy and I'm out in the field and my sales rep wants me to email a customer on their behalf to, to give them some boost and credibility. In the beginning, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to craft this perfectly worded email. I'm going to proofread it. I'm going to make sure it's all dialed in and buttoned up. And next thing you know, I take 45 minutes to send an email. Or someone would come to me and say, hey, I'm having troubles with my IT issues. I can't, I can't get my iPad to work. I can't get my telephone to work. Uh, my email is acting up. And so then you come in and now you're the IT person. All these minor tasks that aren't relative to your role as a sales leader are distracting you from what you really want to do. So turn around, empower your people. Don't take on these uh, minute tasks. And those two scenarios right there, when an IT issues, I'm immediate, 30 seconds, Take your issue to IT, copy me if you have any additional challenges. That's it. I'm not going to call IT for you. If I, if you, <laughs> you should have the IT phone number. If I'm nice, I'm going to text it to you, but I'm not going to take that responsibility. I'm not going to bring that monkey on my back. And we'll talk about that monkey metaphor in another episode. One of my favorite uh, articles from the Harvard Business Review, uh, almost 30 years, been written 30 years ago, still relevant to this day. Uh, but the other example I used was the emails. Look, if a sales rep wants you to do something on their behalf, send an email to a customer. Can you send a follow-up to a customer? Can you uh, let our referral 
referral source know how valuable they are, right? There is some value, and I'm not going to discredit that. There is definitely value in a customer or a potential customer getting an email, a text message, a phone call, or even a, a field visit from a regional manager, the sales manager, the sales director, whatever the title is. When you come out to visit somebody, you bring a level of clout that your sales rep doesn't have. It's not that you're better. It just goes with the title. So when my sales reps will ask, hey, can you send this email? You know what I do? Biggest time management hack I love. I tell them, type it up. Type up the email as if it was coming from me and then send it to me. The reason I have them type up the email and send it to me is because it's typically of high urgency for that sales rep at that moment. At that exact moment, their request for you to reach out to their customer was highly urgent for you, for them. For me, it may or may not be. It may be an urgency for me. It may not be. I may have other customers who are bigger that I'm dealing with. I may have HR issues that I'm dealing with. I may have recruiting issues that I'm dealing with. I may have something that I can't tell my sales rep about that is of a bigger priority. So rather than say, yes, I'll take this responsibility and I'll put it on my to-do list and get it done later, I simply say, type up the email as if it was from me, send it to me, I'll read it, I'll add my own tweaks, and I'll send it out. That has been such a time hack that it has saved so much time. Sales rep, send me an email, I read it, I'm like, huh, that's actually perfect. 90% of the time, I copy and paste that email and I send it off from my phone. I don't have to open up my laptop. If I'm on the road, if I'm on a plane, if I'm traveling, I typically can address that issue that my rep has and be done with it the moment they finish it. This does two things. It puts responsibility back on the rep to accomplish this task. And two, it makes it easier for me to send it off. If you have to make some tweaks or adjustments, now you're adding a few sentences. Maybe you're changing some grammar that's going to take you less than five minutes. So time management is definitely a challenge for sales managers. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. The next issue that I think is a challenge, not even I think, I know is a challenge for sales managers, um, tenured or new, is finding the right people. Probably one of the most difficult tasks you have as a sales manager is to hire the right person, to find a skilled sales representative. You have a series of interviews that you're trying to conduct and you're trying to evaluate, will this person fit on my team? Will this person be of best service to my customers? And recruiting and retaining are two different things. So let's talk about the recruiting component first. Recruiting salespeople, it's easy to get resumes in the funnel wholeheartedly. You can put an ad anywhere you place ads. I mean, there's expensive job boards, there's cheap job boards. You can put an ad out. You can get resumes in the funnel. How you filter and find the right person, that's a challenge. So here's my take on that. If you're a sales manager and you're trying to find the right person, I want to give you some words of wisdom and some feedback that I think has really helped shape 
the way I hire people. Number one, you're going to make mistakes. You're not always going to hire the right person. And the only way you get better at hiring the right person is have having hired the wrong person before. It's an experienced portion of being a sales manager. There's no shortcut to it. Now you can read books, you can take courses, you can read, attend seminars, you can watch webinars, you can uh, listen, you can take all the educational resources you can. Those will help the learning curve. Those will not make up for the experience of having hired the wrong person. I've hired the wrong person. I'm sure you've hired the wrong person. And any sales leader or manager that has says they've never hired the wrong person is lying. We hire the wrong people at times. It's a learning curve. So how do you find the right person? Couple things for me. I run a series of interviews when I hire somebody. And in each interview, you as the candidate have to be better than the last interview. That's it. It's a progression. So if my interview series is four or five interviews, every time I observe you, you must be better than the previous one. And since I've implemented that rule of you must be better than the previous one, my candidates that I've hired that work on my team, I haven't had a bad candidate in years because I really say from the day I screen you on the phone, to a Zoom meeting or face-to-face -face meeting or multiple series of face-to-face -face meetings, you must be more impressive than the previous time. And if you're not, you're going to fall off for me in the interview process. So that's one. You have to be able to impress me more each time. Well, how do you do that? Second part on finding the right people. It is a sales interview. You have to be selling during the whole interview process. So if my candidate's not selling me on why they're the best for the job every step of the way, they're not doing the interview right. And selling yourself in an interview, and we can do a whole other podcast series about that. I have uh, released some blogs. Go to Anthony P. Garcia, look up the blog series. There's a series of blogs on how to ace your next sales interview. But if my candidate's not selling me, they're not moving along in the process. And selling me on your skill set isn't about saying, do you think I'm the right fit? Do you have any concerns about me? Have I addressed all your concerns? All these boring, lame-ass questions on how to close for a sales interview. We've heard it before. And look, sales managers, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're an individual contributor or you're trying to get to like a, a new sales role, just know the sales manager you're interviewing with has heard those line of questions a million times. Selling yourself is about every story Everything that this, this candidate's relating to me in the interview process has a point. There's nothing left that's for debate. So when someone's interviewing with me, and if everything they've shared with me has a relative, or a, has a relative point to the sales uh, process that they're executing in their interview, and they're selling me on why they are uh, the right candidate, I feel good about that person. So number two, can they sell themselves through the every interview series in a meaningful way where it's not just, hey, do you have any concerns about me? So first part, they have to get better in the interview. Second part, they have to sell themselves. Third part, this is a, a hard, hard decision factor for me. Past results indicate future results. I have made some really difficult decisions on people who I haven't hired based on past results. I have, I've loved people. I've been like, oh my goodness, this person is a great fit for my team. And you get to the tail end of a, of a, 
complicated recruiting process. And I share this. Um, I, I recruit for six-figure sales jobs. And so when I interview people and I get to the tail end of it, I'm, I'm, I mean, you have to be 100%, not 99 and a half. Like it, it is the challenge with that. And, and, and I also have an incredible candidate talent, talent pool in Southern California and the West Coast. I mean, it, you know, you go San Diego, Orange County, Los Angeles. I mean, these are areas that are highly desirable for certain demographics. And so I get a big candidate pool. One, it's time for me to make a decision between two or three people that are of equal caliber. Past results indicate future results. Past results need to be vetted, though. And that's that's the thing that makes bad hires more often. In the beginning of my management career, I was like, oh, past results. Oh, great. You finished 120% of your company. Awesome. You can do it here. I have now vetted every past result multiple times. And the best part about it is if you do multiple interviews, I vetted over a series of interviews where some candidates are like, I thought I'd explain this to you already. I'm just asking you in a different way. I want to see if your answer's are the same. So remember, past results are indicative of future results. Implement those three things, and I think you'll find yourself in a better position of finding the right people. Now, we talked about recruiting people. Let's talk about retaining people. And that's the fourth challenge is how to keep your team motivated and retain your team during challenging times. Look, the main problem here is being a sales manager, it's not a cookie cutter approach. It is not an approach that says, I can just read all these motivating quotes I find on Pinterest and Instagram and LinkedIn and my team's going to get motivated. It's not what works for my rep, my most tenured reps going to work for my most uh, non-tenured rep. Keeping your team motivated and retaining your team goes to the fundamental principles that I believe in sales leadership, off-self, on, on purpose, off-self on purpose. So to keep a sales team motivated, you have to remember what your sales team is thinking about. What's in it for me? Every salesperson that works for you in your organization has the same radio station on all the time. We FM, what's in it for me? That's it. They want to know what's in it for them. So if I know that to keep my team motivated, Every conversation I have is about what's in it for them. Now, to do this from a grand stage, right, and you're trying to motivate a group of people, you have to make some generalizations about the group, what's in it for the group, right? So you want to ensure that your message is always aligned. But here is that extra step that I think sales managers miss. What's in it for your sales rep is an individual conversation. If you're not having a what's in it for you conversation with every person on your team, somebody else is, and typically that someone else is a recruiter or another sales manager trying to steal your employee. You have to have those developmental conversations. Keeping somebody motivated, it's not about the, the quotes you send and, oh, Abraham Lincoln said this and Zig Ziglar said this and Brian Tracy said this. Who gives a crap? It's not about that. Those are fun. There's some value there. But to truly keep somebody motivated, they have to know that you as the sales leader, you're motivated to get them the results they want in their life. The results that they want for them aren't always the results we want for them. It could be, I want you to finish. I want you to be the next sales manager. I want you to be the next field trainer. And they're like, dude, with all honesty, I just want to be above quota, raise my dogs and, and be able to pay for my kids to go to college. Great. Then let's make that happen.
What's in it for your team? If you take a management approach and you say, I'm going to teach you or I'm going to coach you in a fashion of getting the results you want out of your life, keeping someone motivated is pretty simple because you're always motivating them and coaching them to their goals. Not my goals, not the company's goals, but their goals. Great book by Matthew Cowley called The Dream Manager. I highly recommend every sales leader reads it at one point in time in their career. It's probably 15 years old now. I've, I've read the book a dozen times. And anytime that I find myself not managing people to their dreams or, or having some challenges in, in my retention, I go back and reread The Dream Manager. So keeping your sales team motivated. Remember, what's in it for them? Super simple. If you're always teaching, coaching, and leading with their end in mind and result in first, it's easy to keep a team motivated. Where sales managers struggle is as you climb the org chart, you go up the corporate ladder of leadership. At a certain point, your customer changes. If you're a first-level, mid-level sales manager, your customer is your sales reps. They're your employees. They're the people you work for. At a certain point, you get to a point where you now are representative of the company, whether it's a corporate culture, whether it's the, 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 the sales company, or if you're a small organization, you might be a combination of both. But at a certain point, you're now worried about profits over people instead of people over profits. And when that transition happens, that's when motivation fails. Because if your sales team views you as a profit over people person, they're not going to be motivated to work for you. If they view you as a people over profit person, they're going to want to work for you. They're going to stay motivated because they know they have an ally in their corner. So remember, as a sales manager, keeping your team motivated, keep every action you do about them first, and you'll find that keeping people motivated is easier. People over profits. It's simple. It's a challenge. It's simple to execute, challenge to execute, depending what side of the spectrum you sit on. If your customer are your people, it's easy to be people over profits. If your customer is the corporation, if your customer is the profitability of the company, then it's profit over people. And at a certain point in time in sales leadership, everyone has both sides of the spectrum. Because being in sales leadership, there are some challenging, difficult decisions that you have to make for the overall well-being of the organization or the company you represent, work for, or company you own. Sometimes it's layoffs, sometimes it's downside or layoffs and downsizing, sometimes it's uh, product discontinuation. I mean, there, there is some challenges there. So I'm not going to discredit uh, people who are under the profits over people first. But since this is the Catapulting Commissions podcast, and we're talking about getting the most out of the sales team you manage, remember, people over profits goes much further. So, uh, and, and if someone challenges me and I've, I've had people challenge me on that philosophy, I'd love to have you on the catapulting commissions podcast. Let's talk about why you believe profits over people is more relevant than people over profits. Friendly dialogue. I, you know, I have really thick skin. If you say, Anthony, you're an idiot. Don't worry about it. We will record it. We will air it because I think there's some value in hearing some healthy dialogue. So remember that the fourth challenge as a sales manager is keeping your team motivated. And to do that properly, remember what's in it for your sales rep. The last thing challenge that, that sales managers, face and experience. Uh, I faced an experience as a new manager. I faced an experience as an entrepreneur. I faced this uh, challenge in every industry I've managed people. It's not any, there's no immunity to this. It's maintaining consistency. You have to be consistent with how you manage your sales team. You have to be consistent with what 
is allowable, acceptable, you have to be consistent with what isn't allowed in your organization. You, as, as a sales manager, we're tempted sometimes to treat sales reps differently based on how they're doing, right? You'll treat a sales rep that is your top performer differently than you'll treat a sales rep that's a bottom performer. You'll treat a sales rep that's been here a lot longer different than you'll treat a new sales rep. Now, I'm not talking about the depth or maturity of your conversations. I have a sales reps that have been with me for over 10 years. My conversation with them, yeah, they're a lot more in depth than the rep who's been with me for less than a year. I know their spouses, I know their kids, I know so much about their background and they know so much about mine. So yeah, it's a different conversation. The accountability component though is exactly the same. And that's the consistency sales managers struggle with. If what's good for your tenured rep it needs to be good for your new rep because eventually reps will find out. Eventually you'll lose credibility that you're not maintaining a level of consistency. So there's two parts of consistency that are going to come to bite you in the butt. Number one, consistency in the aspect of how you treat somebody based on their performance. Does your number one or tenure rep uh, get a discount or isn't held accountable to submitting projections or updating Salesforce or doing all these different things? If they are, you're doing it wrong because your other new reps are gonna see that and eventually they're gonna think that's gonna be them or it's gonna create animosity between them. The second part of maintaining consistency is being consistent with the relationships you have. If you go out with the sales reps and you take the sales rep out to dinner, if you take one rep out to dinner, you have to extend the invitation to every rep out to dinner. If you take a rep and their spouse out to dinner, you take every rep and their spouse out to dinner. Now you don't do it all in a group conglomerate, right? I'm not gonna have everyone fly down or meet me in, in a central location for a dinner. But if I'm gonna go visit you and you work for me and you live in Phoenix and I'm gonna take you out to dinner and I'm gonna take you and your spouse. Well, when I go visit your colleague who lives in Denver, I'm gonna do the exact same thing. You have to maintain a consistent level of relationship. And that also goes for if you're gonna do um, team development or employee development opportunities, such as golfing, paintballing, we're going to go wine tasting, whatever I do for one, I have to be willing to do for everyone. This has some challenges, right? If you're a male and you have a female rep, sometimes it's not the best idea to be out at dinner, just the two of you in the evenings, right? You have to find ways to work around that, have lunch, bring their spouse, bring their roommate, whatever the situation, bring a customer, Always find ways to have a similar level of engagement with everyone you're working with. Keep that level consistent because eventually your team will talk. They will say, did Anthony do this for you? No. Oh, he took me golfing. No, he, he, he dropped me off at the hotel and said he'll see me the next day and left me, right? A lot of that is going to come back to bite you in the butt. So just maintain a consistent level and keep that consistent level with open communication. Consistency in how you treat people will be your friend down the road. Because if you treat people consistently, one day someone may say, I wasn't treated consistently. One day someone may say, you treated that person differently based on whatever factors that they have in their head. And when you can respond to HR, or you can respond and say, look, with all honesty, I treat everyone the same. And here's the past 10 years of proof. I've been consistent in how I manage and lead people. It typically ends the conversation pretty fast. So sales managers, sales leaders, protect yourself, be consistent. 
Look, that's what I got for you today. Today's the Catapulty Commission's podcast monologue episode with Anthony Garcia. We just broke down five challenges that sales managers face. These are the five challenges that uh, that I look back and say, if I could do something differently, what would I do? I just talked about them in challenges. I gave you some thoughts to take with them. I'm letting you know I'm not perfect. I failed in all five of these at one point or time or another over the past 20 years. It happens. Don't beat yourself up for it. You can get better this moment right now. If you found value in today's show, do me a favor, like, subscribe, comment, send it to somebody. Say, hey, check this episode out. These are some of the challenges that we face and experience as sales managers. You can tag me on social media. You can reach out directly to me. I love growing and building this podcast with you. Our 100th episode is coming up soon. Uh, we are going to be almost a year and a half launched. I can't wait to see what year five looks like, year 10 looks like. The Catapulty Commission's brand has uh, major plans and goals for the future, and I'm thankful that you're part of this journey. I will see you next week. Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commission's, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.